0: ACFA hey, CFA and Multiply fam, I wanna introduce our speaker for today, Dr. David Dukeson. David is a church planter, founding pastor of Center City Church. He's the founding board member of Freedom Communities, an organization that works to bring equity to the underserved population of Charlotte. He is an adjunct professor at Southeastern University and most of all, a great friend to me personally and to CFA. I want to also encourage you to grab a copy of Dr. David's new book called Neighborliness, Finding the Beauty of God Across Dividing Lines. It will encourage you, it'll challenge you, But I believe it's a crucial book. Uh, God is using David in amazing ways to address the issues of how God can bring hope and healing to the dividing lines across our nation. So grab a copy in the lobby or on Amazon if you're joining us online. But right now, if you're in the house, come on at every location. I need you to put your hands together and let's welcome Dr. David Dukasen.
1: Well, I want to welcome everybody that is joining us right here in Concord. It is so good to see humans at church. So amen. Everybody say amen so everybody online can hear you. Amen. Amen. Welcome to everybody that's joining us in Davidson this morning and online. It is such a joy to be here this morning. Before I jump into God's word this morning, I just want to say uh, thank you to Pastor Doug. Y'all have a great pastor. Let's give it up for Pastor Doug this morning. Pastor Doug has been a friend of mine for over 20 years. Uh, Pastor Doug is directly related to the story of my wife and I meeting 20 years ago. And so, thank you, Doug, for my wife and four children indirectly. So, um, I also want to give uh, honor to Pastor Tom, uh, who is a hero of mine, the father of this house, to Pastor Rick, who invested into my life deeply. Uh, for those of you guys that may be joining us that don't know those names, Um, These are the men that have come before Pastor Doug, and I honor this house. My mother-in-law and my father-in-law have been a part of this church, Daryl and Marvel Pope, um, on staff and leading for years and years and years. My grandfather through marriage, Fenton Jones and Blanche Jones. I'm telling you guys, this is like coming home to me to preach the word of God, and so I just want to thank you guys for having me this morning. Thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to teach and preach. Um, I I will say this. I, I just wrote a book. Um, it's the, it's, I mean, I, I was really hoping that you guys would be louder than that because it was such a fun and, and arduous experience. Um, it's called Neighborliness, Finding the Beauty of God Across Dividing Lines. We have some in the lobby for those of you guys that are here today. You can also get it on Amazon. Um, the audiobook should be ready any moment now. Um, we're just waiting for Amazon to turn on the light switch. Um, Finding the Beauty of God Across Dividing Lines. This is a passion of mine. Now... Here's what's crazy. Today was supposed to be the official national release of this book. But then we all know that over the last several, months, the last couple of months, we have seen racial and economic injustice in our country come spiking to the surface. And so about six weeks ago, our publisher said, hey, we got to get this thing out. And so we released it like totally grassroots. It's all over the country right now. I would love for you to pick up a copy of the book and engage with it. And here's the deal, y'all. Um, this is my prayer for this book, is that the end of this book would be the beginning of a conversation. That, that There's even a small group guide uh, that is included at the end of the book because we need to learn how to talk about racial and economic injustices. How many of you guys want to give a testimony real quick of an argument that you've had or been a part of or an awkward conversation about something related to race and economics? Now, I don't want to do that right now. My wife tells me that I should bring bubbles with me everywhere that I go because when I get in the middle of talking about hard things, we need to blow bubbles because nobody can be mad while we're blowing bubbles and watching them float around. Now, I don't think that that's appropriate right now with, you know, COVID going around, so we're not going to be doing a bunch of taking off our masks and blowing in the air. But if we all could, just for a moment, just imagine bubbles floating around the room. Take a deep breath, and we're going to enjoy uh, a time together this morning. So if we could, um, uh, at our locations, online, and in the house today, could we stand up one more time, and let's go to God in prayer. And let's do it like this. Let's maybe put out our hands just like this. All right. Father, I pray that you would uh, take away anything in our hearts that don't reflect the beauty of God, replace it with your love and your grace and your mercy, help us to see the beauty of God across dividing lines. And then Lord, I also pray that as our hands are stretched out before you, that you would give to us an awakening and a revival across this land. For the beauty of God to be seen. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. 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 You guys may be seated. So I love the Bible. How many of you guys love the Bible? I love, love, love the Bible. And I love reading the book of Revelation. And yes, that book can be very odd sometimes. But when I see worship in the book of Revelation, this is what I see all the time. I see every tribe and every nation and every tongue coming together and worshiping, and I was sitting down here next to my nephew Chandler, who's joining us from leave from the Air Force. Let's give it up for Chandler this morning. I love you. I'm proud of you. Thank you for your service. I was sitting down here next to Chandler this morning, and I was just looking around the room, and I was thinking, my goodness, this might be a foretaste of heaven on earth, Because what happens is when we join ourselves together across racial and economic lines, like we've done in this room this morning, N.T. Wright says that we have these moments where we are not worshiping God, this far away God. We're worshiping a present God. And when we pray these prayers that say, Lord, I pray that heaven would come to earth, we're not praying a far away heaven. We're praying that heaven would be realized right here. And right now, and so when we come together and we worship and we see the beauty of God, we're tasting heaven. And the reason that I am so passionate about the topic of hope and healing that is found in Jesus across racial and economic lines is because every time that I see us connecting with people that are different than us, I think that a little bit of heaven has just been exposed on earth. Amen? Come on, can I hear you guys say amen? Amen. Now, here's the reality, though. Theologians talk about this thing called the already and the not yet. If you guys are taking notes this morning, the already and the not yet. The already is those moments like we just had just now. Like when we see worship happening, we already get to experience the beauty of God right here and right now. Can I hear amen? amen? We just got to see it, feel it, experience it. But we experience the not yet when we flip on, I don't know, the news. And the headlines are always the worst thing possible that happened today. And man, does that generate headlines. And we see the brokenness of the world all around us. And in the midst of the already and the not yet, it is our job as Christians, as followers of Christ, for those of you guys that may not have yet chosen Jesus, join this beautiful family because you wanna know what we're working towards? We're working towards the redemption of our hearts and our souls and our spirits. We're working towards the beauty of God being all across this land. Brian Blount, Dr. Brian Blount says this, a brilliant theologian. He says that we are in need. The body of Christ is in need of identifying places that are in need of kingdom trespass. Now, listen to me. Pastor Doug gets all ramped up, so I know that I can get ramped up, all right? So we need to find areas of, that we need to see kingdom trespass. And those areas are anything that doesn't match the beauty of the kingdom of God. So when we look at the news and we see all of this stuff going on around us, instead of us getting so upset with our preconceived ideas about our positions, whether it be politically or racially or economically, can we set aside preconceived ideas and can we say, I need to get into relationship with somebody that's different than me. I need to trespass. Upon some areas that the enemy has tried to keep me divided for so long. Now, let me ask you guys this question. If we know that Jesus told us in Mark chapter 4, Pastor Steve, Mark chapter 12, says that the greatest commandment out of all of them is to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? Everybody smile at me. I need to see your eyes smiling at me, okay? To love God with all of our heart. All of our passion. All of our soul. And love our neighbor as ourself. So if Jesus fully put on display. I need you guys to catch this. The number one plan. Out of over 600 commandments. If he said publicly for everybody to hear. That loving God with full passion. And learning how to love my neighbors. Is the most important thing. What do you think the enemy would make his most important plan? I need somebody to shout back at me. What do you think the enemy would make his most important plan? He's going to try and distract us in every way possible with temptation, from loving God. He's going to try and distract us with anxiety or fear. He's going to try to distract us from loving him with full passion. And then, guys, it's not loving God and neighbors. It's loving God And neighbors, it's one command because you cannot fulfill the first half of the greatest commandment without the second half, which is loving each other well. (laughs) Y'all distracted me. I wasn't expecting a clap. I was expecting like a little bit of like the mask, like, you know, something like that. That's good. So that means you guys are ready. We're ready to see the beauty of God. And so if the enemy knows the greatest plan of the Lord, then I think that he's probably gonna try and distract us and keep us divided. And listen to this church, I'm not having it anymore. I'm not having it anymore. I'm sharing this message as far and wide as I can possibly go to say that the beauty of God is found when we find and we see each other. We see the beauty of God when we see across dividing lines. And guys, do not play party to the things that the enemy is trying to do. The enemy is prowling around like a lion every single day, trying to get us distracted from loving God and trying to keep us divided from our neighbor's The reason I can smile about this and the reason that we can blow bubbles when we talk about our faith is because the plan of God is beautiful. The plan of God isn't this thing that we have to um, be be full of anxiety about. The plan of God is to keep us connected. And the enemy is always trying to divide us. Y'all wanna look at the word this morning? I said, Do you guys want to look at the word this morning? I've been preaching the video screens for too long. I'm going to need some help this morning, right? I mean, the video screens don't talk back, and then I start talking back to myself. It's really awkward. Y'all can just do it for me. Y'all ready to hear the word this morning? All right, so when we see things that say the kingdom of God is like, or the most important commandment is like, let's make sure that we're paying attention to those things. So Mark 4.26 says this, the kingdom of God is like a farmer that scatters seed on the ground. So the, the natural thing that we would have to say is are we behaving in the way that Jesus says that we're supposed to behave? And this is what I mean by that. How many of you guys are scattering seed? And a huge question for the entire message, if you guys only remember one question today, what type of seed are you scattering? What type of seed are you scattering? We're gonna, we're gonna get back into that in a minute, but I've, I've, gotta, I've gotta tell you this. I, I, I am not a farmer, I don't know how many farmers we have in the room, but this is what I do know about farming. If I plant a tomato seed in the ground, watch this, if I plant a tomato seed in the ground, I don't know, like a couple of days or a couple of weeks or a year later, a tomato pops up. You know, I don't know how long it takes because I just buy tomatoes. But the, but the idea, right, am I, am I on track, farmers? Okay, we have two farmers in the room. Thank you, wherever that just came from. If I plant a tomato, it's going to pop up as a tomato. So we can do this two ways. If we're supposed to be like farmers that are scattering seed all over the ground, let's compare what the Lord would want us to be planting to what the enemy would want us to be planting. And then let's be courageous to address those things. Because I can plant seeds of justice and I can plant seeds of unity and I can plant seeds that show me the beauty of God in days and months and years to come. Or I can plant seeds of divisiveness. I can play part In the plan of the enemy, in my words, in my actions. I can bring more fear to this culture. I can bring more anxiety to my life and to this culture just off the type of seeds that I'm planting. Because, guys, if the enemy is going after the exact same plan that the Lord has for us, then then when Jesus is always trying to move us towards unity, he's always gonna be trying to move us towards division. So the question would be what type of seeds are we planting? Are you planting seeds of unity with your words and your actions, or are you planting seeds of divisiveness? Now, I'm going to tell you this right now. This is the most dangerous tool that we've got right here, because I can say things and type them into my computer on social media that I would never, ever say to somebody in person. I can take shots. I can have opinions. I can act like an expert. Because you know what you can do, you can delete the comments you don't like. You can ignore the ones that you don't wanna answer. But if I am courageous enough to get into relationship with somebody that is different than me, if I'm courageous enough to talk to somebody that has a different opinion than me or has a different background than me, then I'm not going to say something to their face if I'm moving towards relationship with them that I would say behind a computer screen. So get out from behind the computer screen and get into relationships. (laughs) Here's the deal, too. We're going to keep going with the scripture, but we don't even know what type of seeds we're planting sometime. I had the privilege 11 years ago to start the beginning stages of planting Center City Church. Center City Church in Uptown Charlotte, and I would walk from one side of Uptown Charlotte to the other. And actually, that's what the, that's what the football stadium's going to look like this year, unfortunately. Football games with nobody in it. Anyway, I would walk from one side of Tryon Street, the main thoroughfare, going straight through the heart of Uptown Charlotte, to the other. And I would just pray. I didn't know hardly anybody in Uptown. And I would just pray. I would just kiss my wife and kids goodbye. And then I would just pray, just planting seeds. over and over. And I would pray things like, Lord, I pray for seeds of justice. I pray for seeds of healing. I pray for seeds of unity. I pray for seeds of salvation. And little did I know that God would answer those prayers in ways that I never could have imagined. You see, over 10 years, we began to see the beauty of God starting to explode all around us. And it was all because of these seeds that I had planted all those years ago. And there was this really crazy moment that I've just got to explain to you guys. Now, I'm not the type of guy that has a lot of visions, but if you don't know it, you're going to find out real quick, this is a Pentecostal church. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. So the God who created me, I'm sure that if he went through all the work of created me, he could give me a picture. Right? So I was praying one day, and, I, and all of a sudden, I started to see the city shake. And I don't know how many, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to date myself a little bit. I turned 41 next week. I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and we used to sing this song. Maybe some of you guys will know it. And it would go like this. We're going to shake this city. There's something in faith. Demons tremble when we start to pray. And then our worship leader would literally stalk the stage with a trumpet. And we'd get to that part and say, demons tremble when we start to pray. And he'd go like this and get into the stance, and he'd go, and the place would just go, whoa. It's like the Spirit of God was just introduced through the trumpets, right? It's because they're loud and piercing, and little do all the trumpet players know it's not the Spirit. It's just like, yo, that's loud. Um, (laughs) But that's what went through my mind when I was thinking about the city shaking, and so I continue to pray, and I look around, and there's rubble everywhere, and this is all happening in this vision that I'm having. I know, weird, right? I look up at all this devastation all around us. And then I look up in the vision, and there's that city again. Just as beautiful and even more brilliant than before. And the Spirit of God spoke to me in that moment. I said, so, David, I am going to shake this city and shake this country. And yes, there will be some things that are broken down, but those things that are broken down is this facade that we have called religion. And underneath this mask that we've all been wearing... I'm going to shake this culture and I'm going to shake this community to a point that yes, there will be pain and yes, there will be things, but I am with you. And what's going to be left behind is so brilliant and so beautiful. And I believe that 11 years after praying that prayer, I believe that the Lord has shown me that we are about to see a revival that is marked, watch this, watch this, Somebody up there, we have somebody standing and waving. Get ready, because it's coming. It's even better than that first part of the sentence. I believe that we're about to see a revival. Hang on. (laughs) But it's going to be a revival that is marked by unity. Unity. A revival that is marked by us seeing each other because this is what happens. A revival is when the the, the people of God start to come together. And when the people of God come together, we begin to see God's beauty all around us. And if the people of God will see each other and know each other and stop arguing and being a part of the plan the enemy has for us. If we are going to see a revival, we've got to be unified and we cannot be unified if we don't seek to understand each other. So, y'all, what type of seeds are you planting? Are you planting seeds of unity? Are you intentionally reaching out to people that are different than you? Or are you planting seeds of divisiveness? And listen, let's be really honest. All of us are planting both types of seeds. I mean, let's just be very honest. In our weaker moments, we're planting seeds that we don't want to see come up in our lives a couple days or weeks or months or a year ahead of us. We're planting seeds that we would never want to see our babies turn out like because we're broken and we need Jesus. So Jesus, would you help us? I come to you like right smack dab in the middle of this message and I say, Jesus, would you help us? Help us to see your beauty and help us to plant seeds that lead to an awakening and a revival that is marked by unity. Everybody said amen, and I'm not nearly done yet. Okay, so y'all just take a deep breath. So Mark chapter 4 verse 26 is saying that we're supposed to be like farmers that are scattering seeds. So Mark 4 27 says that night and day while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows. And I love this. He doesn't even understand how it happens. He doesn't even know how the, how the seed is going to come forth. And I mean, that's great because I don't know how to do anything with a tomato. But man, I, I can at least know that if I pray and I plant those type of seeds and I ask God, Lord, can my heart match yours? I don't know how it's going to turn out. But I know that whether the farmer is awake or asleep, the Lord is always at work. I want to speak directly, and this is really deep on my heart. I want to speak directly to some people that are joining us here at our broadcast location in Davidson or online today or later. I think there are some folks that have been working so hard trying to enter spaces where the majority of the people don't look like you. And you've been working, and you've been working, and you've been working. This is the promise that I believe that God has put on my heart. The scriptures say that hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a promise fulfilled is like a tree of life. Right? I believe that the awakening that is happening in our country right now and around the world is cracking open And breaking the facade of religion and seeds of hope are being entered into what was covered up by injustice and covered up by a lack of unity. And we're seeing this breaking happening. And through the cracks of those ground, we are going to see the healing waters of God start to rise up. Springs of living water. And so if you are somebody that has been longing for justice and you have been longing for this, don't get too tired. Because whether you're asleep or whether you're awake, whether you're working or whether you're resting, the Lord is always, always, always working towards justice. I read my Bible every day of my life. I read my Bible most days of my life. If I, sometimes I, I've got four kids. It's, it's, it's complicated, okay? Like most, most days, six out of seven. Stop judging me, right? But when I read my Bible, it tells me all through the Old Testament and all through the New Testament that I serve a God of justice. And he's listening and he's heard your prayers. And it's time for us to see the beauty of God together. Mark 4 28 says this, the earth produces the crops on its own first a leaf blade pushes through then the heads of wheat are formed and finally the grain ripens now i i have to admit i just said i'm not a guy who sees visions but i saw another one a couple weeks ago i wasn't thinking about it i wasn't trying i wasn't like lord i'm going to be preaching this message all over the country show me pictures i was just praying just delighting in jesus one morning i closed my eyes all of a sudden, I could just see this beautiful field. And I don't know anything about farming, but instinctively, it was ready to be harvested. And I thought about those scriptures that talk about the harvest is right here, it's right now, it's ready. We just need more workers, right? And I believe that the field is ready. But we need you. We need you. We need you to pick up the tools of the harvest. Mark 429 says this, as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle. For the harvest has come. And I was getting like pretty excited. Like I'm an excitable type of guy. I was getting excited because I've, I've seen two pictures now of what God's wanting to do in this culture. And I was sitting there going, oh man, all those seeds that I planted all those years ago and joining with giants of the faith that have been talking about justice for generations and all these people for years who have sacrificed their lives and their livelihood and their comfort and their finances to seek justice in our community. The harvest is here. And all of this stuff that the enemy's been trying to do to divide our country over the last couple of months, what happens is the Lord is reversing that. They're saying, oh, that's the pain that so many people in this culture are feeling. Now we can address it, and now we can heal it. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there getting like really ramped up, and it says that as soon as the grain is ready, that the farmer's gonna come in, and he's gonna harvest it with a sickle. And I was like, yeah, I I don't know what a sickle is. And the two farmers that are with us today at the broadcast location and maybe the four more that are joining us online there's definitely not a farmer in Davidson <laughs> I apologize if you are maybe you know what a sickle is so I did what, I, what any good American would do I googled what is a sickle just took out my phone just googled what is a sickle and an image of this terrifying thing pops up. And I'm sitting there thinking about all the movies that I used to watch that I no longer watch. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the tool that's going to bring in the harvest of unity? I'm like, this thing's terrifying. So I Googled some more and I just started trying to figure out we've got to be careful with this thing. <laughs> I got a new piercing at church today. (laughs) If the harvest is ready, but the workers are few, it means that we need more workers. If the workers are few, it means we need more workers. If we need more workers, we probably need a lot of workers because this field that I saw in my mind was enormous. But why did God through Jesus say that the farmer harvests it with a sickle I was talking to your pastor Pastor Doug the master of metaphors he said to me how many people can use this instrument at the same time I'm going to tell you right now this thing is sharp it's got one handle Which means that if we're ever going to see the revival that is marked by unity, if we are ever going to see the beauty of God across dividing lines, if we are ever going to see this promised, beautiful move of God that I believe is marked by unity, it means that all of us need to learn how to use a sickle. One person at a time bringing in. Because here's the deal. We don't learn how to use this, and we don't learn how to work together. Think about how much of that harvest is just going to be left out there, guys. what do What do I mean by this? Like, I, I really need this to be to, to really drive this home. If you don't know how to talk to somebody that is different than you, if you don't learn how to appreciate differences instead of viewing them as threats, if you don't engage a spirit of curiosity about the other, how will you ever share this beautiful faith that is inside of you? How will you ever be able to connect on a heart level if you're not connecting with someone else's heart? The most important thing that I have to share with anybody is my faith in Jesus. But that normally takes a trusting relationship for me to be able to enter into relationship with somebody. And so if God's plan through Jesus is to love him with full passion and our love for him naturally moves us into loving each other well, I would go back and I would say, what type of seeds are you planting? Seeds of prayer, seeds of worship, delighting in Jesus. But every time, that I see my relationship with God growing. Every time, he always leads me into relationship with others. Because the commandment isn't love God and love neighbors. It's love God and neighbors. It's one command. got to spend a little bit of time with a, an author. name named Bob Goff, one of the most whimsical and he, crazy in a good way, people I know. He's like, hey! And then that's the pace, right? Just like that. And he says this, he says, and I'll ask you the same question. How's your faith working for everyone around you? And I was like, super good, Bob. But then I had to start thinking about it. How's my faith working when I'm walking from one side of Uptown Charlotte to the other and I see a couple that looks like me and I wave at them and I think I might be able to be friends with them. And then in the next moment, somebody who's different than me comes along and I, and and this has happened. I instinctively take four steps to the left, look down, and I walk away. Because we are drawn to people that are like us. Guys, My life is not committed to selling books. My life is committed to Jesus. But I will tell you this this book that I just wrote was meant to be a practical tool for you to learn how to engage on topics of race and economics. It's full of stories and it's full of. Guys, I want us to see a revival, but we are not. We can pray all we want, but what God is always going to say back to us is if you want revival, then you need to be revived. here's five things that I want you guys to think about. I'll just let let you guys write them down. All right? As we're moving towards seeing the beauty of God across dividing lines. You guys can take a picture of the screen. If online, you can just take a screenshot at Davidson. Take a picture of the, the, the screen there. Number one, education is action. So when we learn about matters that have divided us for so long, we actually are moving forward. So, There's no way for us to learn how to connect with each other unless we learn how to connect with each other. So education is action. Number two, this is for a lot of the parents in the room, a lot of the grandparents. You instinctively pass on what you know. The psalmist David, he prays this prayer that I call a prayer of implicit bias implicit bias is just things that are inside of us that we don't even know are there that just kind of pop up in certain moments. We all have those type of things in us. We've all grown up with different stereotypes. And David says, search my heart, God, let me know any way that offends you. And so we pray this because we're instinctively passing on things that we don't even realize we're passing on. And man, moments of repentance in these times when I've realized that I've been planting seeds of division that I didn't even know about. David wasn't praying that God would forgive him of something that he was calling out. David was praying that God would expose things in his heart so that he could then ask for repentance and forgiveness or express repentance. Number three, you can't become an expert quickly. Take your time. First time I learned how to drive a motorcycle, I took it to 100 miles an hour the day after I learned how to drive it. I saw this rock that was off in the distance on Interstate 4 in Orlando, and all of a sudden that rock turned into like a bigger rock, and then it was like a real big rock, and then, oh wow, it's a piece of cement. I was going too fast, and I swerved out of the way, and I almost killed myself. And we can go way too fast in conversations about race and economics. Just because you learn something doesn't mean you need to share it. You need to let it marinate like a seed in the ground, all right? Where are we at, number four? Number four, don't be a slacktivist. (laughs) I'm I'm smiling right now, because I actually learned this word on the Urban Dictionary. I wouldn't go to the Urban Dictionary. Um, I mean, you can if you want, but there's some dirty words on there. But it's like lingo of the culture, like when my kids come home and they say, dad, Bay is so cute. I'm like, what, you know? Go on there and try and figure out what what they're talking about. Slacktivist, it's a combination of a slacker and an activist. An activist wants to see and enact change. An activist will raise their fist and say, I demand justice. A slacker sits behind their computer and talks about it. An activist will get out there and, and they, will, they will do something. A slacker or a slacktivist only talks about it. So let's engage. And then finally, Rest. Yeah, we we have a lot of stuff that we need to work on, but we need to learn how to rest and delight in Jesus. And so, here at our broadcast location, online and at Davidson, let's stand up again, because here's what I want. I want us to change our position. I want us to change our position. And Lord, as people are standing all across this world, I pray that we would see the beauty of God across dividing lines, that we would change our position. Lord, I pray that prayer of David right now with our palms up to the sky one more time. Lord, would you take away things that I don't even know are there that offend you? And would you give back to me the things that bring healing? And so Lord, I speak this word over this beautiful church this morning and all those that are joining us all over the world. May we plant seeds of justice. May we plant seeds of righteousness. May we plant seeds of unity. May we plant seeds that bring healing to our community. And Lord, let us do our part. And everybody said, amen.